Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. I'm Michelle Martin. Asia Pacific markets are trending higher this morning following a strong rally on Wall Street overnight. Tokyo is up 2.5%. Sydney trading up more than 1%, and Seoul is higher as well. It seems investors are putting inflation fears behind them, at least for the moment. Joining me now to break down all the market action. Good Tuesday morning, Ryan Huang. Good morning, Michelle. Let's start with the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Taking a look at it, enjoyed its best session overnight since March as stocks roared back from Monday's post-Fed sell-off. The Dow jumped nearly 600 points or 1.8%. The S&P 500 and the Nasdaq finished higher as well. Now, here in Asia, we see Japan rallying following a steep sell-off yesterday. Ryan, which sectors are leading the way? Yeah, it's a bit of a turnaround Tuesday. Japan's back after falling more than 2%. And you've got the markets in the US showing a bit of a turnaround. The biggest losers on Friday are now the biggest gainers. So commodities are bouncing back. And you've got the likes of energy plays. And also in the green is the likes of reopening plays like cruise lines. So Norwegian cruise line, Boeing, both their stock prices up more than 3%. Banks also doing well. And this, of course, in the backdrop of how there's been a flattening of the yield curve. So that was pressure on their margins. Now they've bounced back as well. JP Morgan up more than 1.7%. So biggest losers became the biggest winners. What a turnaround. And we talked about reopening plays on this show yesterday. Listen, the U.S. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell is going to appear before the U.S. House of Representatives this evening. In his written testimony released overnight, Powell argues that job gains should accelerate and that inflation, while on the rise, will drop back down again. One price point that would seem to back the Fed chair's argument is that of lumber. Now, we've talked on this show about how commodities prices have soared and then dropped back again. Lumber is a good case in point. Ryan, tell us more. Yeah, he's been beating the drum on that transitory message saying these inflation effects are going to be temporary. And that seems to be playing out at least when you look at what's happening with the lumber prices. And in the US, people use wood for many reasons, constructing buildings, for DIY. And now, Prices are coming back down. And just to put things into context, when we look at those lumber prices, they hit a peak, a record of $1,600 per 1,000 baht feet. That is in early May. Mm -hmm. And since then, they have come down more than 45% to just under $1,000. So this is a big turnaround. And you might remember the usual factors that have, might have pushed it up. People just using more wood because they're stuck at home. DIY. And DIY. It's off the roof. And of course, the economy to some extent was bouncing back and that was creating demand for houses, house building. So construction activity was going up. So those two factors, not so much anymore because in the US, people are going out more. So not so much DIY. Mm. And you have home building also fading in the sense that demand is not showing the same growth numbers as the past few months anymore. And also a small factor is how 
there may be some overcapacity, oversupply. So those sawmills seeing so much demand, trying to jump on a bandwagon, started to ramp up capacity, started to just chop up more wood to sell. Mm -hmm. So now you have a flood of wood and oversupply in the markets, bringing prices down. So a few factors now showing that maybe Jerome Powell or might be right about things. All right. So a lot of those projects being delayed or put off, seeing a plunge in the price of lumber. Let's turn now to the cryptocurrency markets where Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are facing sharp selling pressure. The price of one Bitcoin is now trading below 32,000 US dollars a token. It's fallen more than 40% over the past three months. Now, if you look at the charts or social media feeds for that matter, you'll see Bitcoin's price movements have officially formed something called a death cross. No, not a constellation. Phyllis, in what is a death cross? Yeah, sounds like something out of Star Wars. This is a pattern that technical analysts look out for on their charts. And this is where you get the short-term average line going under the long-term average line. And in this case, the more popular one is the 50-day moving average under the 200-day moving average. So that happened over the weekend. And when that happens, it's a signal that they take that there could be more downward momentum. Mm. So not great news for Bitcoin. And the way charts work or how technical analysis works, when everyone sees the same pattern, they jump on it. So it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy in that sense when you look at how these charts work. So looking at how prices have been going, that seems to be the case. Yeah, closely watch measure and a sign of more pain to come. It's a gold cross that you want to look for on those charts, not a death cross. Now, we talked on the show a bit yesterday about China's crackdown on the crypto sector. What are China's latest moves in this area? And would you say, Ryan, that's the primary reason investors are selling off? Well, I would say it's a big reason. And Mm. you've got Bitcoin prices now actually touching six-month lows. And I'm looking at it down over... 10% 10% overnight and is now trading uh, close to 32,000, just recovering slightly from under 32,000. So you've got Bitcoin prices under pressure and the latest seems to be, well, China cracking down even more. We had in over the weekend, crypto mining cracking being cracked down upon because um, of the huge consumption of electricity, uh, partly driven by coal, and China wants to move towards a net zero target. So that is why Bitcoin has been uh, been pushed out of many uh, industries or activities. And you've got also now the central bank urging many of the payment firms like Alipay and many of the major lenders like the big three banks, they have been told to clamp down on cryptocurrency speculation. So this adds to many of the Chinese restrictions in place already against Bitcoin. So not a lot going for Bitcoin in China. And you've got the technical analysis picture also weighing on Bitcoin. Not a great week for Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin falling to a two-week low against that backdrop of a cryptocurrency back. Uh, cryptocurrency crackdown by China. Bitcoin far from the only cryptocurrency coming under selling pressure though. The price of Ethereum is trading below 1900 US dollars a token, its lowest level since March. All right, it's time for corporate news. We do it game show style up or down. Are you ready, Ryan? Let's go. MicroStrategy. All right, MicroStrategy is a company that has invested big time in Bitcoin. So no surprises. 
I would say it's down because its prices have dragged down the value of what it has bought. And this could see it with impairment charges. If you just look at the latest purchase, mm-hmm. it would have just lost nearly $70 million over one day. So it's a down for me. It down for me, no doubt, based on MicroStrategy, yes, now it now owns over three billion US dollars worth of Bitcoin. And what does that mean for MicroStrategy? Well, cryptocurrency's recent tumble could force the company to write down seventy-seven million dollars in mark-to-market losses, and that is enough to push the company into the red. Next up, we talked yesterday about how China REITs were listing in Shenzhen and Shanghai. So, Ryan, are they up or down? C REITs. It's an up and it's a really impressive start. You've mm. got a good start to the Chinese REIT markets. And yeah. just to re- remind everyone, this is the first time that the Chinese markets have introduced REITs. And retail investors are lapping it up. You've got nine REITs there, four in Shenzhen, five in Shanghai, across things like industrial park projects, waste management and highways. So it's all part of how they are trying to get more private money, capital mm-hmm. into building infrastructure. Yep. And the ones that performed the best was the ones around industrial parks. And the biggest gainer in that sense was Bossira CMSK Industrial Park Fund, which was at the end of the day up nearly 15%. In contrast, you've got a Highway Express Fund by Ping An Guangzhou up less than 1%. So it's a bit of a variance, but all in is still in the green. So it's an up for me. Yeah, all nine series made a solid debut yesterday. In terms of biggest gainers, you heard of Bosera CMSK Industrial Park. Also on that list of largest gainers, AVIC Shogang Biomass Fund, which jumped as much as 20%. Next up, let's look at HSBC and Standard Chartered. I would say it's an up for me. And mm. that is because... They appear to be ramping up hiring to tap into China's latest market opening play, which is an, a new investment link with Hong Kong that could help them make almost $500 million in fees. So a big player in China could yeah. see them get paid big time. Yeah, so this new investment link goes between Hong Kong and the Greater Bay Area in southern China. We're seeing the banks ramp up to tap into that new investment link as well. Singapore office REITs next on my list, Ryan. Um, I would say it's an up for me. And this is on the back of an improvement in business confidence. So I've got the latest data showing Great A CBD office rentals, their first uptick in five quarters of drops. So that's enough Mm. for me. Yeah, I'd say up as well. Office rents in the CBD are up for the first time in more than a year, according to JLL. You know, I spoke with a JLL uh, on a panel recently, and what I learned was, you know what makes a great A office building these days? Mm, What makes a great A office building? Gym space. Gym space? You have to have a gym. Hmm. I thought you'd have to have childcare, but no, apparently you have to have a gym. That's a whole other show. Finally, the locally listed coffee shop, Kimley. Kimley, well, an office, well, maybe they need a, a coffee shop in the office. <laughs> I think so. So this is a coffee shop operator and with people saying, no, the default is going to be work from home these days, mm-hmm. people feel, or at least some analysts feel that Kimley may benefit from that because people will go to the heartlands oh, yeah. after, or maybe doing work to get a quick coffee or not. So they are looking at an optimistic picture. So CGSCIMB has 
initiated coverage with an ad call. Target mm. price forty six cents, and latest price for Kim Lee is forty cents. Yes, the research team at CGS CIMB bullish on Kim Lee, thinking Kim Lee shares are going to benefit as employees continue to work from home and visit Heartland coffee shops for all sorts of things. I don't know, Ryan. Do you need your mid afternoon coffee pickup? Of course, everyone needs that. I need my Tatari pickup. That is my poison. Now, last up or down is a good segue to talk about the overall Singapore market, I think. So the STI currently a notch in the red for the past three months. Its year-to-date gains are on the back, uh, are back in the single-digit level, I should say. So what are analysts saying about the rest of the year? Are they generally bullish or bearish on Singapore blue chips? All right, so the glass is half full <laughs> if you look at the Singapore markets. A potentially better second half. Mm. So this is off the back of an upgrade to the economic projections from a few places. So Morgan Stanley uh, recently upgraded their GDP growth to 8% this year. That is up from an earlier forecast of 7.4%. And just to bear in mind, we Mm. had the recent MES survey coming out that had the survey saying 6.5% might be the number. That already itself was an upgrade from 5.8%. So on the back of stronger economic growth, that could benefit companies and in in time earnings. So a better second half. Yep, and the Singapore economy also projected to be one of the first in the region to be headed towards herd immunity, adding to that positive note. So, the STI currently trading at around 3,100. Where do analysts see it at year's end? It's more optimistic Mm -hmm. from here on. And just to give you a bit of colour in the background. So, you've got STI now trading at... 3,117 points. Year-to-date is up nearly 9.6%. And there could be some more way to go if you look at what DBS is projecting. Mm -hmm. 3,225 points is its year-end target. So once again, right now it's around 3,118. And this is an upwards revision of its earlier target of 3,180, which is rather near where it is right now. Main Bank also upping its target, even more optimistic, 3,537. And this is an upgrade from 3,174. And this is showing a bit of optimism around how more people are getting vaccinated and a bit more earnings visibility in the Singapore market much more so than other regional markets. On that point of vaccination, Singapore is widening the mandatory COVID-19 testing area in Bukit Merah to combat a coronavirus cluster there that's been expanding since mid-March. So would you say that the government's testing and go slow regarding reopening is a strategy that's reassuring investors or is this a matter of concern for them? Yeah, there was a lot of speculation what might happen come yesterday. And of course, um, it seems like the government has taken a bit of a balanced approach. It has reopened, but not to the extent of a full um, lifting of restrictions. So there is still some caution, especially when you have a cluster happening in Red Hill. So going by the way things are being managed, it appears investors are confident in how Singapore is trading, especially when you look at how some places have been in other parts of the world, seeing their situation spiral out of control. And for now, Singapore seems to be keeping the lid on things really um, getting 
into a very bad situation. So for now, it seems like there is a bit of confidence and things getting better from here. Bullish or bearish on Singapore's blue chips in the near term. I'll put that to my guests coming up in about half an hour right here on Your Money. All right, let's check in on how markets are doing this morning. We are 20 minutes into the local trading day, 9.20 on the clock. Yesterday, the STI fell 0.8% to 31.17. So Ryan, is the STI rallying along with other Asian markets? A quick check on the STI. It is pretty much... Well, slightly above break even by 0.1%. 3,120, still not really joining the party yet. Uh, (laughs) This at least is a bit of a turnaround from yesterday where we saw a drop of 0.8% on the STI. So that is encouraging so far. And looking at the STI snapshot picture, you've got more green than red right now. Mm -hmm. Only seven names in the red and... You have at the top of the list, Yangzhejiang Shipbuilding up more than 2%. Uh, Sidepop Industries also up 1.8%. Sets in SIA up by 1%. Yesterday's top loser, Hong Kong Land, also um, getting back some of those losses. And looking at the top loser right now, Venture Corp is down by 1.4%. And one stock to watch out for today might be Olam International. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have just announced a... 3420 rights issue. So this is partly going to be used to raise funds for its earlier announcement where it would be um, looking to acquire Old Thompson, a US supplier of spices. So that is something that they have announced. The price is $1.25 for the rights issue. And this is a discount of around 27% to the, to the last traded price. So something to watch out for when um, it starts trading again. Thank you very much, Ryan. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.